Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello, I have returned. Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> How are things? Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Had a good trip? Fantastic trip. Good, good, good. We're going to talk about your trip tonight. We are. We are. We uh, learned a few things. Learn a mighty lot of things. <laughs> um, what else been going on? Just your trip? Just the trip. Just the trip. Yeah. Because yeah. you haven't been here in a couple of weeks, yeah? Well, oh, <laughs> so when I got back to work on Monday, I had, well, I had uh, read a few of my work emails on my work phone, but when I got to work, I had 465 unread emails that I had to get through. I've never mm. had that many. You're a popular fella. Well, no, it's not that I'm popular. It's that I get, I'm on too many email lists at work. Inter-office memos. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. 465 emails. My My email, since I, and I'm still working from home. Mm -hmm. This is day 140 or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my emails aren't as many as there used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just with everybody because you're not sending back email. Plus, you know. Um, there used to just be a lot of garbage emails going back mm-hmm. that we didn't need. So, but yeah, my email consumption has <laughs> deteriorated. <laughs> well, better you than me, buddy. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, few things have been happening. Well, you listened to last week's episode. I did. It was very um, good. There was, there was beer and none for you. Well, I brought two, but you yeah. know, so you can take one of those home with you. I <laughs> saved you one. <laughs> and, and that's Jen brought those? Jen. Yeah. Jen Merch brought those. Uh, yeah, the, it was, it was a pretty good episode last week, I think, you know, getting the ladies perspective on things. Yeah. You know, they, they seem to enjoy themselves doing the, the, the workshop and everything. So. Well, I think it's good. And from the, and you, you touched base, you guys talked at length about it and I found that myself. It's, uh, my, my kids don't listen to me and my wife doesn't listen to me. So if I'm trying to teach the kids <laughs> how to ski or whatever, daddy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yep. Don't listen to daddy. Yep. If I'm trying to tell show or teach Yvonne how to, you know, paddle in the stern of the canoe, it's like she doesn't listen to me, right? Yep. So you need a different perspective, a, di- a person outside of the family unit to provide instruction for various whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's uh I just, it's just one of those things. It's like, why won't you listen to me? I know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about in everything, but there's a few things I do. But there's a couple of things yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I have those conversations with my kids and my wife all the time. <laughs> so it's, it's a good thing that uh, Tori's doing. She's providing, it, it's, it gets more people out. It gets people out there and, and anything that can do that, I think is a, is a bonus. It's yep. just to expand your social circle, expand your, your experience circle. There's so many things that Tori's classes will provide. I, I've got to get Siobhan out and get her to do that. And, uh, just because it's, uh, it's one of those things I've, I've and we, we, when we, I talked about Siobhan paddling and stuff, she goes, well, you don't have a lot of confidence in me, do you? It's like, what? I tend to do everything, right? Yeah. And so I told her, I said, I'm going to stop doing everything. That's and, why I said, I was just going to sit back, relax, and yeah. go to town. I'll just sit there so with my it, little drink in hand. Yeah. And- so I think it's out of frustration because my family doesn't listen to me. <laughs> so it's like, I just do everything. It's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to show you what to do. I'm just going to do it myself because it's easier. I could spend an hour explaining something to you or I could do it myself in five minutes. And I think unfortunately with uh, the experienced trippers and stuff like that, that's exactly <clears throat> what it comes down to. Yeah. And I mean, habit as well. Like, I mean, when I took Tracy out to Killarney, 
you know, I just automatically jumped in the stern seat. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just automatically threw the canoe up and started going. Yeah. It's just, you get in these habits. Exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's what, what you're used what to it? doing. Muscle memory. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You're just used to doing it. It's like, oh yeah. Do, 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 do. And they're looking back at, as you're walking away going, well, am I not supposed to be portaging this? Game? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you can do the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You know what? And getting women out there is, is so good. Getting anybody out yeah. there is good. So, so yeah, so, uh, they, they were on last week and you totally missed it, mm-hmm. but you were having fun anyway. I was, I was busy. The only, well, I got a couple other things going on here. Uh, as much as we don't want to hear it, winter will be coming. And <laughs> winter is coming. Winter's coming. Uh, we're looking at maybe updating our winter tent this year. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we have the little 10 by 10 asker. Yeah. Which is a good beginner first tent yeah. right uh we've been using that for a couple of years now uh yeah i think it's only two years old yeah so we figure you know it's time for something bigger because mm-hmm. i didn't want to get something big to begin with because i didn't know trace would be into the winter camping and yeah. stu- such right but she does like it she yeah she's thoroughly enjoying it uh, i don't think she was be too big into the back country Mm-hmm. She likes getting, when we do the, like at Mew Lake and stuff in Algonquin Park. Yeah. You do the car camping in winter, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know she does enjoy that because there's a social aspect and we, you know, you, you're not toting everything around. We can go do trails for the day, come back to the tent, start it up and, you know, you got your cot and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff in it. So I, I, I think she likes that. I don't think she would be into... Pulling a sled into the back country on snowshoes and setting up in the middle of the woods. and <laughs> That's what I want to do. Yeah. I enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have a feeling her enjoyment of the only go. <laughs> yes. we, we've had the conversation. Yes. So. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely looking at something bigger. We're actually looking at one of the uh, Atuk Cree tents. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. We both are looking at the same tent. Mm-hmm. I've looked at a lot. Of, I, I, I have a... I have a U.S. military bell tent. Dungeon. And it's a 10-man tent. <laughs> and the darn thing weighs 120 pounds. Yeah, and it's dark. And it's very dark. You could be the brightest, sunniest day, and if you could wake up at, like, you know, say 11 or 12 o'clock at noon, and it's like, oh, it's so still so dark out. No, you're inside a dungeon because of the dark green. Yeah. It's, it's double layer, so it's double walled. So that, that adds to the weight. It's a it's a pain in the butt to to roll up into its little taco c- enclosure in case to f- fold it up, and uh, depending on the day, like it's like for me to uh, muscle that thing around, I either need help or I need a little like a like a furniture moving cart. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, so they're heavy. They're mm-hmm. heavy. It's heavy. Yeah, heavy. It's bulky. It is not going into the backcountry. It is a front no. country camping tent. Yeah, yeah. So I've been looking at. The Cree as well. I've I've looked at uh, Eskers and I've looked at Snow Trekker. I've looked at the uh, Atuk, and the only one I've really liked the design is uh, the same one you're looking at. Although I'm looking at maybe a smaller version than you're getting, mm-hmm. because I still want to get into the backcountry. You don't think a fifteen by twenty will get you there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking at a bit. Well, because that's that's what you do. You start looking at the size, like fifteen by twenty. That's a pretty decent size, and then yeah. you start looking. And you're like, ooh, that's more than yeah. I don't need that much space. You know, I'm looking to get something a bit bigger, but not yeah. three times what I got. Exactly. 
you know. I need something that's big enough for two kids and two adults. Two kids that'll turn into teenagers. Exactly. So yeah. I need something that could to grow into. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's something. I, but although in the end, you convinced me not to buy one this year because you're buying one and I get to see yours. Well, you know what? I mean, that's, that, that's the one thing is the apparently this is a popular model for northern Quebec and the Inuit. Yeah. I, I was talking to Guy and he says that's usually who who buys them is, yeah. is the, the natives of northern Quebec and the Inuit. Because mm-hmm. the hunting and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're looking at the photos that are there and they're perfect. That's exactly That's what it's nice perfect design. for. But there's no videos or... Yeah, I need to see a video. Yeah, and when, the, and when you see them, like any Atuk tents that you see, like at Mew Lake, for instance, during Family Day weekend and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, it's all the uh, the Kangook and the, the Arctic yeah. one, that, which are basically the same as the, the, the Esker I've got. Mm-hmm. You know, the teepee style... Um, you know, I, I want to see something different. So that's what, yeah, you know what, if I'm going to buy one, cause I, yeah, I, you know, I really like the design. Uh, I like the whole thing about it. Um, I do like, like I say, when you start looking at snow trekkers and stuff like that, your $2,000 tent with exchange <laughs> yes. and everything comes three grand. Exactly. You know what? Like I got other things to spend that extra thousand dollars on, <laughs> yes. you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's already Twisting the arm to get mm-hmm. the two thousand out, <laughs> to get a three, an yeah. extra thousand. You know, yeah, that's when the exactly. wife's going to look at you and go, "Yeah, I, I don't think so." So, yeah, you know, you're looking at all these other ones, and that one is the one that that I, I do seem to like the best. But this, yeah, if you don't buy one this year, then you can take a peek at mine, yeah. and you'll know for sure mm-hmm. this is exactly what you want. Yeah, I need to see how small it packs down to. Mm-hmm. I need to know that I can get it on a sled. Well, see, the Sontags, the camping family, they have an Arctic oven that's, what did I say, 12 by 18. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a 12 by 17. Yeah. And we've, we've seen pictures in that. Yeah. So, but theirs is, theirs has the inner part plus that outer vestibule fly. Yeah. yeah. Which theirs you wouldn't looks, have. Theirs looks like a traditional tent, but it's a, for winter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily have that. And if you wanted the fly, I mean, you just throw a blue tarp over mm-hmm. it or something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, just got to do a couple extra little thingies here. And I think I'll be yeah. calling up Guy and saying, hey, buddy, how are you? Order it up. Yeah, order me one up. Mm-hmm. And I was contemplating, well, I'm just going to go drive and pick it up. <laughs> but it's actually, I think, shipping a life should be less than gas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't cost so, that much to the shipping. Yeah. Is, I thought it'd be more. 90 bucks. That's not yeah. too bad. And this has got more, it's got the, the pole that goes up and then a T at the top. Mm-hmm. So it's like a giant letter T yeah. because it's, well, as you said, it looks almost look like a, a circus tent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Big top. So yeah, that'll be interesting to, to see and have that much more room in there. Mm-hmm. And like I say, you know, one of the reasons is there's a lot of people I know that want to go that I couldn't take them in my tent. Yeah. You know what? This thing will have that extra room for an extra cot or something like mm-hmm. that. So, uh, yeah. So that's what's been going on around here. Mm-hmm. And one other thing, big news, which sort of cats out of the bag now. Yes. You posted it. Uh, that's only because Ben, posted it. Ben Stacy posted, posted it. it. Yeah. yeah. Get outside is about to start filming season three. Mm-hmm. Get outside is a outdoor show. Promoting outdoor activity, hiking, paddling, that sort of stuff, uh, on the Bell Five Network, mm-hmm. uh, Bell Five TV One. Yeah. So Ben's done two seasons of it. Yeah. Uh, we did post. I did post a link on our Facebook page to season one. Um, 
Oh, you can watch it. So you can watch season one. Yeah, because it's got to be on Five Network for so long before he's allowed to release it on YouTube. Yeah. Right? So season one's on YouTube. Season two's not yet. Season three starts filming in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Less than two weeks. Um, Season three, Get Outside, will be called Get Outside, A Paddling Adventure. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, going and interviewing this person about what they do outdoors and this person, what they do outdoors and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be a trip. It's going to be a trip featuring Ben Stacy and myself. Awesome. We are doing the uh, Trent Severn Waterway from Trenton on Lake Ontario all the way up. To Georgian Bay. We're hoping to get to Georgian Bay because yeah. uh, we, we got only have so much time and, yeah. and all the logistics of it all and permits and yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. stuff. And you're going to be delayed by going through the locks. and Yeah, well, there's the locks. Yeah, some of them. But, you know, some of you definitely want to go, like the lift locks, mm-hmm. the marine railway yeah. you want to go through. Uh, some of them we can just portage around if there's too yeah. much traffic, yeah. that sort of stuff. Uh, Trent Severn Waterway, 386 kilometer long canal route, 240 miles, connecting Lake Ontario at Trenton to Georgian Bay on Lake Huron at Port Severn. So almost 400 kilometers. Yeah. A a major natural waterways include the Trent River, the Otonabee River, Kawartha Lakes, Lake Simcoe, Lake Kuchiching, and the Severn River. Yeah. So a whole lot of big, big bodies of water through there. Construction started in 1833, but it wasn't finished until 1920. That's almost 100 years. Yeah. Due to a rebellion. Lack of interest, politics, of course, and a world war. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting at Lock 1 in Trenton. I'm going to go at least to Lake Simcoe. Like I say, we're, we're going to go at least, we should, we should be able to make limps Lake Simcoe, no problems. Uh, but we're hoping to get the extra couple of days to get up to Georgian Bay, finish the whole yeah, thing. That would be good. That's, yeah. 44 locks. And like I said, there's two lift locks and a marine railway in there. I don't know if anybody knows what the marine railway is, but basically you paddle up yes. for big boats. Yeah. You know, big boats come up. They tie up onto this barge thing yeah. that then goes up over the land on a set of mm-hmm. railway tracks and then into back into the water yeah. on the other side where you're, again, your boat's floating again and then you can just zip off. Yeah, I'd like to see so that one. I, that'll, that'll be cool. <laughs> I've, I've actually, I've not, I've been in lift locks, but I've never been on the Marine Railway. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll it. be cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to paddling the waterway, uh, seeing, you know, the scenery, checking out some of the history in the towns. Yeah. Bob Cajun, mm-hmm. Fenland Falls, Rice Lake, all those places. Yeah. Trenton. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, it'll yeah. be pretty cool. It'll yeah. be neat. So, um yeah, so that's happening. And again, that'll air uh, spring next year, mm-hmm. spring 2021. So we, we film it in the in the end of the summer. Yeah. Produce it, gets it all ready to go during the mm-hmm. end of the year, and then they put it on the beginning of next year. When me and Mike came back from uh, from Tomogamy, we stopped at uh, one of the lift locks, and uh, we watched a couple of boats go through, watched, watched it shift and stuff. It was... Um, Is that Lakefield? No, not Lakefield. It's near Lakefield. Um, near, oh shoot, I can't remember the name of it. There's a... 
Because there's the one in Peterborough, the lift lock, mm-hmm. and there's the Lakefield. But there's Lakefield. also lift lock. Well, we saw it was built in, built between uh, 1900 and 1907. Was it part of the Trent Severn? It is. Because I think there's, there is only two lift locks. Yeah. Yeah. So if it was near Lakefield. It's near, but it's, it's, it's called, uh, so there's, there's a quarry named after this as well. There's the quarry and then there's the, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Why don't you Google it on commercial break? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, so totally looking forward to, to doing that and, uh, that'll, that'll be uh, really cool. A nice long trip. That's my summer trip. And while you're Googling that, think about this. Garmin was hacked. You heard about that? I know. Isn't that Ransomware? crazy? Ransomware? Yeah. $10 million. It's took a few days and they weren't getting any progress to fixing it. And then all of a sudden it's sort of back online a bit and they're starting to fix it. So is they're not saying yes. They're sticking by their statement, not giving any positives. Yeah. But it's undetermined whether they paid the 10 million or not. And it's one of those things like a lot of people do pay. That's why this works. And it's one of the things that's, uh, it's almost counterproductive. You, you pay them, they give you access back, but then it means that they were successful and they're going to hack somebody else, make yeah. them pay. So if people wouldn't pay, they'd stop doing it. You would think. Right? Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, it really depends on how long Garmin's willing to let their system be down. Like, it, are they if they have backups, if they have access to restore and, like, a, do a refresh, it, it, it really depends. It might, in the end, it might be worth, like, what are they asking for, $10 million? $10 million. Yeah. Hmm. Garmin's a big company. It is a big you company. Know, I, I think it is a big company. Yeah. But they say they're saying it doesn't look like they're after we're after personal information. No, we, there's no nope. personal information. All they've done is locked lock, it down. Locked it down. So anything online, mm-hmm. so you're trying to update your Garmin maps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah, right? so and so what they found is the functionality, people's functionality with uh like for example, uh the, the watches, the mm-hmm. exercise watches and tracking and apps. And anything like that. Yeah. It, the data Fitness. isn't going through. So people don't have access to their profiles, people don't have like they when uh, when Garmin realized what was happening, they quickly locked everything down. Mm-hmm. Whatever they still had access to, they just locked it down and locked everybody out, every shut everybody out, shut everything down. And uh so but but the core functionality of the Garmin system, the, the to communicate between the GPS units and the you know the, the exercise apps and so on, it's all it's been locked down by these guys. Yeah. So the Garmin Connect app, which is the big one everybody uses, mm-hmm. right? Because of their smartwatches and and all that, does not allow users to transfer their workout information to the app without storing it on Garmin servers. And that's why, which is. Right. So it allows you to, they say you, you can opt out of that sharing workout information, but it basically makes your app useless to, mm-hmm. to you. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, the websites that can be used to manage your device settings and notifications, blah, 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 but no data can be ex- displayed. Yep. So it's basically, basically they force you to, and I've been a big, I I'm paranoid with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the online banking and yeah. and ordering, buying stuff online, I'm always on my family about that. I'm very paranoid about that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, you know, I say if they can 
if they can hack into the white uh, into the the Pentagon. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sky's the limit at that yeah, point. Exactly. You know. So, doing my googly bit stuff uh, on on this, I found this little tidbit. In 2018, it was reported that fitness tracking app Strava, and I know people that use Strava, mm-hmm. gave away the location of secret U.S. Army bases <laughs> by releasing the data visualization map that detailed the activity of Strava users. The data visualization map could be used to identify U.S. bases by mapping the activity of military personnel using the app. Yeah which became apparent in places like Afghanistan and Syria, where it appeared the app was mostly used exclusively by those in the military. Mm-hmm. So any secret bases in yeah. Afghanistan, well, what's all that Strava? Why is everybody running there yeah, in the middle go- of the desert? There's nothing there. <laughs> oh, well, apparently there's a secret <laughs> base there. <laughs> so just remember, when you're using all these apps, yeah, Big Brother's watching. Exactly. <laughs> or somebody is anyway. So... Uh, yeah, and that's all that's pretty much been happening around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Tents and paddling adventures and ransomware yeah. and... Uh, yeah. Oh, and, and it's the Kirkfield lift lock. Oh, the Kirk... Yeah, that's... Yeah, Kirkfield. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Kirkfield. Yeah. Not Lakefield. Yeah, that's half rate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it was neat. We got yeah. to see it. We got to see it operate. Two boats came in and yeah. crossed over. Well, and... you, we were in the uh, Peterborough lift lock. Yes, we went. Did they, the we, canoe we did, uh, yeah, with the kids and that. So we did the canoe through that one. Plus, we went through a gated lock mm-hmm. further up. Uh, we got to yell at some power boaters who were screaming past us really fast. We're waving our fists and they're waving back like oh, we're... Oh, the canoeists are waving at us. Yeah. Oh, friendly canoeists. It's like, no, I'm telling you to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what no wake means. Yeah, exactly. But, well, let's take a quick per- commercial here. And when we come back, it's going to be all about you and Mikey and Willow. Awesome. All right, back in a minute. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So, Derek, you went to Tamagami mm-hmm. with our buddy Mike Burns. I did. His dog, Willow, who from all the little social media bits we saw was going to sit behind you. Yes. And probably lick you on the back of your neck. <laughs> yes. While you were paddling. She never licked me. Behind your ears. There was no <laughs> licking involved. No, just in, the, just in the bug tent in the morning where she, uh, she, it, it, she was... She, at the first of the trip, 
say about three, up to about three days in, maybe four days in, like I could, uh, I'd walk out of the bug tent, she'd growl. She'd look at me and growl. Or I'd come back from the Thunderbox and she'd see me come out of the woods and she'd growl. It's like, you just saw me five minutes ago. What is wrong with you? But towards the end of the trip, we kind of bonded and she, you know, mostly ignored me or whatever. And in the mornings, like when I woke up, she was all excited to see that I was awake and came over and tried to lick me. And so it was, um, towards the end of the trip, she, she warmed up to me, but at, at, at first she's, uh, so she's, uh, she's a rescue. And mm-hmm. so she came from some sort of puppy mill. So she's got some, some issues. Are they fostering her still or did they actually no, fully that's her, adopt her? It's her dog. It's, okay. Willow is their dog. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I know they were getting into the fostering, and I'm yes. I'm wary about doing the fostering thing. You don't know what you're because, getting, right? Well, it's not that you don't know what you're getting. It's just like they're not going to be fostered for long because I'm just well, going to adopt them. You'll have them. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, right? So you, you you have this dog for like a month. You're waiting for them to find a permanent home, and then you have to give them up. Yeah. Right? So uh, I saw one photo of you, Mike, and Willow standing next to the canoe. Mm-hmm. And Willow was standing next to you and not to so Mike. So that was, that was just <laughs> due to the mechanics of uh, him setting up his, his camera. Because, like, he we took... He probably did about six or seven photos until he decided, okay, I'm just going to take video and I'll take a screenshot. Because every time he came from the camera back to the canoe for the picture, Willow would move and, and walked off somewhere. Oh, okay. It's like, no. So I was holding Willow until he was ready to do the picture. And so that's why she was next to me because I was holding the dog still while he set the camera up, right? Because even his wife commented, nice dog, Derek. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it was, it was the three of you in a Caesar Strip canoe yeah. up in Tomogamy mm-hmm. for how long? Uh, we, st- we, we started on a Friday morning and we came back out on a Friday evening. So yeah, like eight days. Eight days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now when I did my tomogamy trip back in the fall, mm-hmm. I just, I was contemplating whether I go in along Red, Red Squirrel, Squirrel Road yeah. to the end and then do a couple of big portages in, yeah. or do I go up to Moet Landing? Mm-hmm. And I decided I'd go down Red Squirrel because I figured, you know what, that in a way would be closer to the end mm-hmm. and it'd be spots. I've been down that road before, so I know what to expect. Yeah. And when you go into Moet Landing, when you come out of the river, you're right into full open. Right into Lady, Lady Evelyn. Evelyn Lake. And it's, it's even listed on the maps. Warning, this area is, you know, it's mm-hmm. common for high winds. Yeah. So solo for me, that was kind of a... Uh, you could end up being windbound. You could lose yeah. a day, whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Especially in October, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're looking at a couple of days gone. Well, yeah. there's your trip. When you're and, trying to get certain spots. And we're, we're pretty much anywhere as we were on the east side of Tomogamy there, you would look at trees on the shoreline and it's like, these trees are, you can see that where the prevailing wind goes. You can see oh, it, it, comes, it always comes from the west. And so the branches are off one side of the tree. And so you see the tree coming up kind of symmetrical. And then at the top, everything is blown and right, and so all the There's trees nice are bend. all the trees are reach, reaching to the east. Yeah, <laughs> so well, it kind of shows that when you're coming back at the end of your trip, you're getting a good tailwind. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you guys left Bowmanville. Yep. 
So five and a half hours up. It's a long drive. It ended up taking us because we stopped and did lunch. They had to, they had to let the dog go for a pee once in a while. Mm-hmm. And so I think it took us like seven or eight hours to get up there. Yeah. You'd be sorry. You know, you, you do the, the Google map thing. Yeah. Take a five hours. But yeah. when you in stop reality. <laughs> and stretch your legs, you got to let the dog go, some stop lunch. for a dog. Yeah. yeah. Stop for something to eat. Stop mm-hmm. for a pee. Grab a coffee. Yeah. It adds up. Exactly. Also, how do we get an extra hour on this trip? <laughs> what went wrong? I'll never, I'll never <laughs> figure that out. This is the first time I've actually been in Tomogamy on the east side of Tomogamy. Yeah, you always go through the west. Yeah, southwest. I've normally always uh, the west, southwest up to. I've been in Lady Evelyn, Smoothwater. I've been in Solace Land, Solace Wildlands. I've been down, up and down the Sturgeon River quite a few times, but this is the first time I've been across on the other side. That's always a good thing. Yeah, so it was new. It was new different. territory. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. It was, uh, Mike did all the planning. And as per usual, I'm I'm a lack of planning type person. And uh, so I just, people say, hey, we're going on this trip. Okay, tell me where to be and when. So it's I usually go into it pretty blind. I don't know what lakes we're doing, what the route is. I don't know, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Until you get there. Yeah. It's like, you know, when we first uh, when we first got into Tomogamy, so yeah, we're going to be entering Lady Evelyn. It's like, and I started looking at the map. It's like, I don't know who Lady Evelyn is, but she's <laughs> got a couple rivers named after her. Or there's a, res- a reserve named after her. Or there's Lady Evelyn Smoothwater Approach of Park named after her. And it's like, wow, she her names all over her. Who is this lady? <laughs> I should have looked at this map before I left. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I uh, I let everybody else do the planning for me, and I just kind of go, which, which is I don't know, it can be good and can be bad. I I'm not much helping. Hey, which way do you want to go? It's like I don't know. It's all a surprise, man. It's <laughs> yeah. all a surprise. Don't want to ruin it before you get there. Exactly. <laughs> but one thing I did do is like normally when I when I went with the guys at work, they would do all the res- reservations and stuff. It's the first time I've reserved in Tomogamy. Really? So because people always did it for me before. Yeah. So I did it this time. It's not that hard. No, it wasn't. It was it was uh, relatively easy. I don't think it's fair the way the reservation system works for Tomogamy now, because if you are if you are one person or if you're nine people, the reservation fee is like thirty six dollars plus fee, booking fees mm. per night. Yeah. So it's it's a real hindrance for small groups because you're still paying the price of a large group. Yeah, that's that's just not fair at all. I don't know how they came up with that. <clears throat> I think uh, I think one of the issues is uh, I think a lot of people don't book. I think they that's, just go in. They just go in, and so it does make it difficult. I, I on our last night we saw a lot of people trying to go up the channel into Lady Evelyn, trying to find a campsite for the night, and they were all taken. Mm-hmm. And so they had to keep going further and further in Lady Evelyn Lake. And, and I'm convinced a few of them didn't have reservations and maybe they thought they didn't need one, but, uh, probably would have been handy because then you'd know, like if you try and book and try and reserve and it says, Oh, none available. It's like, Oh, I better not go in this day or anyway. So a lot of people were, uh, kind of caught out, I think, uh, without a campsite. Well, that brings up that, that question, you know, with what's going on, I've seen at Algonquin. Mm-hmm. Park and Killarney, the number of people have just exploded that are going back country. So a lot of people are still either working from home or off work or laid off or whatever because of COVID. So I think, and I've seen it 
when when I was gearing up for this trip, uh, you know, sale had a real lack of equipment because everything was sold out. Mm-hmm. There was it, it, it's really hard to find certain things. Like it's hard to find uh, the butane ca- canisters yep. for cooking. Like there's just none. And you get your, you have to be really lucky to have come across a place that have canisters. I found them at the uh, atmosphere in Bowmanville. They had a whole whack of them, and uh, so I went in. I went in and I bought myself a couple. And then two days later, I went back because uh, somebody says, "Hey, you found them? Uh, get grab me a couple." So I grabbed a couple more. But when I went back in, there was almost none left. So wow. other people were discovering that they had the canisters there as well. I bet you because we gave that little hint. Yes, I, maybe wanna... all the people listening to the show is like, head for Bowmanville. Head for Bowmanville. We're going to atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, I, I think there's a lot more people in the backcountry. And unfortunately, the people that are going into the backcountry are people that are inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And so you have people who have not learned through time about, you know, the leave no trace principles and how to care That's for the, the backcountry. It's like when, when these people are going into the backcountry, they're saying, Hey, it's beautiful here. Let's leave our garbage behind. Yeah. It was, uh, so when we were in, we were passing by one campsite and I saw some stuff in the campsite. So me and Mike pulled over to take a look and it was like overflowing garbage bag of empty beer cans, tall boys there. They had, must've had like three, two, fours. And wow. it was also the, uh, there was a whole bunch of tins, uh, like the takeout tins of fish sauce. So they must've been saucing up, they'd be catching fish and using the fish sauce yeah. for the fish. And so there was that, there was, uh, uh, I think there was four or five lengths of rope tied to trees that were just left tied to the trees. Like my, maybe it was tying off tarps or something and they just left the ropes. Right. There was clothes. There was like, it's like, it's kind of disappointing that. You would go into the backcountry, go to the trouble of taking stuff in, but not taking it out. You know, and, and all the social media you see now, there's so much of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you see all these uh, Ontario camping and Ontario backcountry camping and all that stuff. All these sites are showing, hey, look at the mess that I found on this site. And yeah. It's, uh, it's very discouraging that people will go into the backcountry to find something beautiful and leave something behind that makes it less. Yeah. So how many people did you guys see? Did you see a lot of people backcountry or just so we sort of saw, when you were... I, we saw more than I thought we would see, but I've also never been in that part of the park. So there's a lot of cottages on Lady Evelyn Lake. And, uh, but so when we were, when we went up Maple Mountain, we met several groups of people coming down from Maple Mountain. Groups. Groups. Wow. Like there was uh there was one guy by himself, then there was a group of like six people and uh so they were they were staying on Tupper Lake. Tupper? Yep. And it was so they were staying they had stayed on Tupper Lake but they were leaving. So when we pulled in, the one nice campsite had a canoe with a whole bunch of gear. And then when we met this large group of people coming down Maple Mountain and Mike says, Hey, you guys uh you guys have stuff on uh on Tupper Lake, and one woman just right out said, "Yeah, sorry, bad etiquette. I know we shouldn't have left our stuff behind." And I said, "Okay, well, that's fine. We're going to take the site when we come back down the mountain. When we came back out, they were gone, and we took the nice site." Right. But in the meantime, 
us, we went to a site that wasn't appropriate for what, for the, our gear. It was really small and tiny. We saw another couple come in, look at that site, and leave and go to another site. To like, there's all these little sites that we rejected because they were small or buggy or muddy, whatever, right? And so when we came back, it's like, oh, thank goodness that they left. But we could have already been set up on the site. Yeah. So, anyways, they said, yeah, sorry, bad etiquette. Well, we're gonna we, we're moving on. Yada yada yada. So it's uh it, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, people you see the bad etiquette, you see the stuff like that. Yeah. But at least they they were honest about it, and so we knew we had a site to go back. But to. I'm just surprised how many people are backcountry there. I know. So, so now I mean that's quite the ways to go. It's it's a two day trip. Well, you could probably do it in one day if you hit the water first thing at first light. Yeah, you could get the, all and do Maple Mountain and back. No, you would yeah. you would have to stay on the lake. Yeah. to do Maple Mountain. Because it's, uh, it was, it took us just over three and a half mountains, three and a half mountains, three and a half <laughs> hours up and back. Derek will now refer to all time in <laughs> mountains. mountains and hills. <laughs> anyway, and so speaking of which, when we got up there, it was like, we had really good luck with bugs. Hardly no bugs at all. Except for at the top of Maple Mountain. Deer flies? No, there was it was mosquitoes and, oh, yeah? and yeah, it was we just got swarmed at the top of the mountain. It's like we we came out of the woods, hit the top of the mountain, and it's like whoa, where would all the bugs come from? So we stayed there for maybe ten minutes or so, and then took off. How was Willow with the bugs? She doesn't like them. She, so it, it was just the horse flies that bothered her. Yeah, and she had welts above her eyes. She had a welt above her nose, and she constantly she's she's actually really good at catching deer flies and horse flies. <laughs> so she'll just we'd be paddling along, and you know she's being bugged by them because I can hear her her mouth going clomp, clomp, all clomp. the teeth. Yeah, so she's snapping out at the bugs, yeah. and she catches them and eats them. Yeah, Hunter used to get really, I mean, we, we had to turn back from one trip because of the deer flies. Oh, yeah? One year, yeah. But uh, what was, did you go, you didn't go up the fire tower then? No. So it, there's a sign saying don't go up and it says, it says that, so the lower section of the ladder is taken, right. taken away. So you'd have to kind of climb up the girders to get to the ladder. And it says that the door into the fire tower itself has been locked. So it's like, yeah. They could have been lying. They could have been lying, but it says do not do it. And I'm thinking if I hurt myself, like there's just, it just, just, uh, two days before we left on the trip, somebody was climbing a rock face in the, down by all the waterfalls in Hamilton mm-hmm. and he fell off the rock face and they're charging him $17,000 for his rescue. Because so he just was, don't get rescued. Have was, Mike Collier I know. <laughs> it's not like he had many portages exactly. before there. Yeah. So, but they're seeing a lot of people do dumb things and I thought, I don't want to be a statistic. Plus, I don't want to climb all the way up there and realize I can't get into the tower itself. Yeah, they just would have sent but, a yeah. helicopter. Yeah. Yeah, this is a helicopter. Yeah, it's Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and what's unfortunate too is that when you get up to the tower, you don't get much of a view because there's a lot of trees up there. Mm-hmm. So, it would have been nice to be able to climb the tower and take a good look out, you know. Well, I think people need to start taking their saws up there and cut a view like you know (laughs) if any of the rangers are listening yeah (laughs) hello friends of tomography yeah Yeah. views missing (laughs) yeah nice view we just can't see it uh yeah on your way there you just had two small portages too didn't you 
So yes, so on the main route in to get to Maple Mountain, so there's the first uh, portage which gets you around the uh, the uh, the dam. So it's a that's a, right at Moet Landing. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's like you're on the water for like ten minutes before you hit the dam, and uh, it's a good drop. It uh, all of Lady Evelyn and all those lakes in that area have been elevated like thirty feet. In water level because oh, of that yeah? dam, that holding, the, it's for water retention. Yeah. And it's not a hydroelectric dam itself. It's just water retention. Right. And so it was built in 72 and uh, it, it, it was just surreal to think the whole time. It's like everything is elevated by 30 feet. The entire lake surface of of uh, Hobart and Tucker and Lady Evelyn and all those lakes that are interconnected. Right. Without portages. It's all the same level. All because of that uh, retention dam. Hmm. And it was like in the 70s. And I don't think you could get away with it nowadays. Like back in the day, I'm pretty sure it was done for tourism purposes. Could be. So it's uh, so it's <laughs> it's just uh, you, you're going everywhere you look. It's like there's these tops of dead trees sticking out of the water everywhere, right? Right. It's like, man, all these forests that died. Yeah, and there's just that. some good fishing in there. There was good fishing. Yeah. yeah we caught a quite. I got quite a few good fish. It was, uh, it was, it was one of the best fishing trips that I've had. Oh we, yeah. We released most of them because you don't want to be portaging a, a fish. Yeah. Yeah. So we released almost all the fish. Uh, we did have one meal on the last night where we had a fish meal. We had fish and, uh, and potatoes. Oh, if you had some oil, you could have made fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> we did have oil. No, wow! What are you waiting for? Uh, yeah, so then just the other little little uh, portage there. Yeah, and it was nice. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of campsites that I w- I'd like to take the family back to, and uh, the falls route that we did. Like so, uh, Mike he planned the trip based on uh, Kevin Callan book, and Kevin Callan calls it the falls route. Yeah, and uh, so that's the that's basically the route that uh, that Mike planned out for us right yeah and see that was the route i aimed for last year but i came from the southeast as opposed to the northeast mm-hmm. yeah so i had to come through some totally different area, area. yeah i had yeah. more portaging than paddling yeah. yes you you were very heavy on the paddling yeah we had a lot of paddling not so much portaging until we got to the falls route so yeah. and we uh when we came out through the falls route we also had a lot more portages because we didn't want to just run the whole length of lady evelyn again right yeah yeah. So we did a lot of smaller lakes and did the portages, but it wasn't bad. Like early on, it was a lot of heavy uh, portaging, but towards the end, we had, were you know, all the food was gone, and so it was a lot easier by then. So after Maple Mountain, mm-hmm. you went down into Hobart, and then you scooted back out into Sucker Gut because you can go straight down through uh, Chris Willis Lake. Yes, but it gets kind of low. It's very shallow and low, and we did have the Cedar Stripper, so we're trying to stay to the, some of the, the deeper lakes and so on. Yeah, right? yeah, because you know Mike gets picky when it's his baby. You know, <laughs> yeah, scratches and gouges. Yeah, you know, he just needs to build another one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, water levels were decent. Water levels were high. They were high. Yeah. Okay. So we could see that uh, we could see the. Uh, the uh, pollen line was underwater. Okay. The spring pollen line yep. was underwater. So it's come up a bit. Yeah, it was That's up. perfect. Yeah. Because when I was there in the fall, it was really low, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, into Lady Evelyn River North Channel. So, yeah, when you came out of Sucker Gut, you went right into Frank's Falls. You guys stopped at 
You didn't stay at that site, that island site. No, we stopped, you just stopped long enough to take a look and eat a whole bunch of blueberries. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of blueberries on that. And big blueberries. I'm used to seeing little tiny itsy bitsy uh, yeah. pinhead blueberries off in the back. Oh, no, country. they had some good blueberries. These were some big blueberries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we ate. Yeah, I got my. I got. I got folded up on antioxidants. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so that first section, you have Frank Falls, Center Falls, and Helen Falls. Yes. And what did you think of them? So the now basing what I heard about when you were there, we had it pretty good. So we had mostly sunshine. It was dry. Nothing was slippery. And so there's a. Uh, on Frank Falls was pretty easy. Frank Falls was super easy. Yeah, yeah. It, it was hard to find, figure out where we were supposed to go. Like all of these, the, because it's all on open rock. It's like yeah, so there's the no trail, much? right? You got to yeah. look for blazes and yeah. Pieces. yeah, 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 yeah. So we uh, so Frank's Falls, we, we caught a few fish there in the uh, at the bottom of Frank's Falls, and uh, so yeah, so we went up through those those portages weren't too bad. I, I found them; uh, they were. They're technical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're technical. And uh, it's, and me and Mike discussed it at length a few times. And, and so basically, I, I'm i not taking my kids on that route. No. And you know what? That's what I'd say. It's like, if you're taking kids or, I mean, you, I said even taking my wife. It's yeah. just like, yeah, you know what? I'll take you to Tomogamy, but I'm not, definitely not taking you there. That's, yeah. That's it's, an experienced canoe tripper route. Exactly. So it's, uh, it's not for the lighthearted. It's uh, on the route back down through like cabin falls bridal veil falls and uh and fat man falls yeah those are the the they're more technical yeah more sketchy like fat man falls it was uh well mike posted a video you saw the video that he posted mm-hmm. and it's really hard you don't really get a good perspective with a gopro because of the it's got that fisheye type effect but uh fat man falls was uh it was pretty sketchy it was pretty steep uh, Willow fell on that one, I think twice. And, uh, so she carries her own pack. She carries her own food. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so she, she tripped and fell a, a couple times along that route. And, uh, so we were kind of cautious of the dog, right? We knew yeah. we could handle it, but we had to be careful of the dog. So, but she, she didn't seem any worse for wear. She just kind of stumbled a bit, but, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a challenge. It was definitely a challenge. It was, a lot of the areas that we had to go, a lot of those uh, routes are sometimes the portage isn't that obvious. Yes. And uh, on Fatman Falls, there's uh, so there's two ways you can go through that portage. So we took the one way the first time through, and on when we returned, it's like, oh, I'm gonna climb up this rock face. It looks like it's pretty heavily traveled. So that was the main easier portage, but it's steeper. Yep. And there's one point where you're, you have to cross between two like rock faces. It's like a little cut through rocks. Yep. You uh, couldn't go through there easily with a canoe on your head because it's, it's, it's narrower, narrower than a canoe. You'd have to kind of tip the, the canoe. Yeah. Fat man falls. <laughs> yeah. But that waterfall there is, it's like a chute. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It's, it's a, a lot of water hammers through that chute and uh, it, it's a, uh, it's a pretty nice waterfall. It's a uh, very photogenic. Yeah, you know what? Like all, I mean, like I said, with the top part there, you got with the Frank Center and Helen Falls. Yeah. There's some really nice viewpoints you can get of those waterfalls. Yes. Yeah, there's a couple spots. I think it was was it Helen Falls has a narrow 
little walkway along a ledge at one point. Oh yeah. Right. And then you got to go it's down. Like, oh, I don't want to fall yeah. down there. <laughs> there is, there's some really, yeah. if, if you slip, mm-hmm. you're a goner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, just the views you get when you get to the bottom of the falls or walking beside exactly. the falls. Yeah. Just the views is like phenomenal. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Uh, Cabin Falls. That's where Hap, Hap and Andrea Wilson have their eco the lodge. lodge. Yeah. Yeah. I have maps that actually call that Twin Sisters Falls. Mm-hmm. But the majority of my maps call it Cabin Falls. Yeah. I think it's called Cabin Falls because it was, uh, what did it say? Uh, the original cabin was built in 1933. Yeah. I don't know when Hap bought the property, but he's got, I think, two acres of property there. And he's got his equal lodge and the main lodge. And it's, so we, we were, they weren't there when we got there. We signed their guest book. Uh, but the, uh, the main viewing, the, the, like the, I guess you could call it the, the, uh, dining lodge has a nice big patio with all these Adirondack chairs or whatever yeah. you want to call them. And, uh, it's leaning over the falls. Yeah. So you walk out on the patio and it's like, you're looking down at the falls. This, the, his cabin is built right along that, the, all the falls. Yeah. It's a beautiful view. Yeah. It's beautiful. incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. So yeah, it was, uh, it's too bad we didn't get to visit them. Uh, Mike did email them afterwards and, and he, they said, oh yeah, we saw that you signed books. Sorry, we weren't there. Yada, yada, yada. So they had flown out to get resupplied to, yeah. Because they, they have people there, so they have to fly in a lot of uh, groceries and whatever they need, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You definitely need it because you can stay there. I mean, you call yeah. up and say, I want to stay at your yeah. eco-lodge and yeah. off you go. Mm, I, I know the Sontags have done it. They've flown yeah. in and stayed yeah. three days. Well, uh, Haley, when Haley and Michael did their their video. Oh, they stayed there? That's where they, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so then after you came around, now it, when I went, I was going to go... And do the two-miler portage into Diamond. We ate lunch on the at the campsite that's at that two-miler. Yeah. And uh, that's when I messaged you from there. Right. And uh, it's like, oh, this is a long portage. And so it's deceptive. So they call it the two-miler. It's uh, listed on Jeff's map uh, as 2250 meters. But I don't think it's that. I think it's it's two full miles. I think it comes to two miles, mm-hmm. you can't, not in kilometers. Yeah. I think that's why it's two miler. Yeah. Because it's, it's actual miles, not kilometers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you guys didn't do that. You guys just no, kept circling kept, around. and We circled around, yeah. Headed back into the lower end of... Um, yeah, so we went back into Willow Island Lake. Or, sorry, Willow Island. That's and right. And then up into... We portaged over into Lady Evelyn. Uh, we got to see the uh, Indian Head, and we didn't bother going down to uh, Lady Evelyn Falls. I hear it's more of a lift over. It's not yep. really a falls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but between Lady Evelyn Falls and the Indian Head on the west side, see if I'd known there's that, some pictographs. I didn't know that there's pictographs there because yeah. we went down to check out the Indian Head. And we took pictures of that, but we didn't go down any further because we didn't know about pictographs. Yeah. At least I didn't know. Yeah, I, I know. only knew that because of Jeffrey's, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff's map. Yeah. I looked at all the stuff on there. Yeah. Picked things out. But uh, yeah, there's some pictographs there. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, the whole trip, like it was, the weather was warm. Everything went, it was just a really good trip, right? Mm-hmm. The, one, the one the one thing was, uh, so Willow did sleep a lot in the canoe. Yeah. And she would like, kind of wander around circle circle thump and just kind of drop and she doesn't always drop in the center of the canoe 
She doesn't know about uh, drafting and, you know, she doesn't know about balance and stuff like that. So, it, like, I can't see her moving, so it always caught me off guard. She'd thump. The, it felt like the canoe was going to tip over. And it's like, ah! <laughs> Willow, sit still. Stop moving. She was good in whitewater, though? She was. She, yeah, she, uh, when we were in the boat, she was okay. But there's uh, a couple times where we were standing beside the boat with the whitewater and she's panting. And so she looks nervous. She just mm-hmm. she didn't like not she didn't like being in the canoe alone, right near whitewater. Right. But once we were in the canoe with her, she felt better. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish she would uh, stay in the center of the damn boat. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you guys left. No, you went. You yeah. You crossed back into Lady Evelyn, but yep. you didn't want to just scoot straight back. No, up. It, it's. We wanted to see more terrain. We want to see smaller lakes. Lady Evelyn wanted to do some. Lady Evelyn is a big lake. Oh yeah, it's That's a big huge. lake. Huge. So it's it's it's. We want to do some portaging. We got into, so between the south and the north arm of Lady Evelyn, there's that uh, patch of, uh, uh, Lady Evelyn River and Lady Evelyn conservation lands and stuff like that. So it's a uh, sugar lake. So we portaged into, uh, uh was it Carpmore? Uh, Cartmore and then into Sugar Lake. It's uh, a long, all the way along the way, it's uh, it's really hit and miss for Thunderboxes. Yeah. And uh, it's hit and miss for finding campsites. Yeah. Some of them are grown over. They show on maps. There's a difference. So uh, Mike had the Friends of Tomogamy map, mm-hmm. the one that you have. And I was using uh, a Venza mapping thing with Jeff's map on it. Yeah. So it was even with the using GPS, it's like, well, this campsite's like, you know, 350 meters off where it says it's supposed to be, or you go somewhere and it's like, uh, this campsite is not here. Yeah. I found that. And so it was really hit and miss. And there was a, there was a large, uh, difference between, uh, so right at the opening of, from the dam into Lady Evelyn, there was a one campsite there that, that Thunderbox it was heavily used. It was all completely covered in moss. And it was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to sit on that. It'll collapse. <laughs> I would not be doing my business yeah. there. Yeah. And then there's other campsites where the Thunderbox was clearly brand spanking new. Yeah. Like brand new. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you're getting a lot of people up there using the interior sites, mm-hmm. they got to upkeep them. Yeah. But if there's no traffic... Yeah. You know, things are going to overgrow. I mean, you got, it is more wild than mm-hmm. Algonquin Park and things like that. Yeah. You know, there's not as much traffic. Yeah. So, And the, uh, I don't know how to describe it. So I'm just going to be cautious with how I, the words I use, but the, uh, so on Hobart, which would be a main jumping off point for Maple Mountain, you could see a lot of people use that site. It was clean. It was a nice campsite, except for the Thunderbox. The Thunderbox was filled to within six inches of the opening. Ew. And it was plastic bags and female sanitary products and everything was in there. And it's like, oh my God. There's no way they can just pick that box up and move it. They have to dig a new hole to bury all the mound of stuff because the... The hole was filled, plus the thunder box was filled on sur- on the surface of the ground. Yeah. That box was full. And it was like, you know, grocery bags and, and Ziploc bags. and Stuff you're not supposed to no, put in there. No, there's tons of plastic in there. Tons wow. of plastic. 
So basically, when you dig the new hole, just take that dirt and cover the old thunder box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just leave it in <laughs> place. Just, just leave it there. Don't move it. Oh. Uh, yeah. Fishing. You had good fishing? Fishing was good. So Frank's Falls, we were pretty successful. Um, so on the last night, we caught a, I caught a giant pike. And Mike caught a, uh, so I, I, what was it? We had three fish that night. I had a really big pike. I'm not a fan of pike. Too many bones. All the stupid yeah. Y bones. Yeah, I'm not. Really hard like to flavor. clean. Fortunately, Mike did all the, uh, all the gutting and cleaning. And uh, he did the fish fry. <clears throat> but yeah, it was, uh, so we had a nice snack meal on Lady Evelyn on the other side when we came out of, uh, of the falls route. And then on the last night, we had a huge fish fry with three big fish and uh, and scalloped potatoes. And so, yeah, the fishing was really good. It was one of the more successful fishing trips I've had. Right. And uh, because I've, in Algonquin, I never catch fish. Never. You fish, but you don't I, catch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it was one of the better catching It was one of the better catching trips. Yeah. yeah and I, I had some really good success. There was a, a couple lures that I had. I, I lost the darn thing. And but it was, uh, it was it, I had a couple good lures that the fish liked, and I kept using them, and it was uh, it worked out really well. Good. Mm-hmm. Animals? Yeah. No animals. I saw we saw squirrels. Yeah, just squirrels, squirrels. and birds. So we saw signs of animals on the uh, on many of portages. We saw moose poop. A couple times we saw bear poop. On the portage, is a 900-meter portage? No, no, it was 1250. It was a 1250 portage from Sugar Lake back into... Was Lady it? Evelyn. Lady Evelyn. And so on that portage, we could smell big animals. Like the, that musky smell of a oh. stinky moose or a stinky bear. Right. We could smell it. And I'm pretty sure I smelled a girl up as well. I could smell... Uh, like marijuana growing or something in there. Or oh, grow up. Is yeah. that a gorilla wop? <laughs> what? Yeah, it was a grow up. I, I'm pretty sure there was a grow up there just off the portage somewhere. <laughs> but uh, on that portage, like normally Willow is there at our heels or you know up and down the portage. Yeah. On that portage, she was going squirrely into the woods, out of the woods, off the portage, onto the portage, and she was wired. And she was running back and forth. She was panting. She was out of breath, but she kept going. So she could smell something. Smell something. Yeah. And we saw we saw evidence of bear poop. We saw evidence of deer poop. Or not deer poop, moose poop. So it was a, it was a very active portage. There was a, a lot of animals in the area, and I, I've, I've grown used to the smell of... Like, I don't know if I've ever smelled a, a bear, but I know the smell of a moose, mm-hmm. right? It's that sweaty, musky, stinky smell, right? And so you almost along the whole portage, except for the grow up was, you could smell like moose or bear or something. Something was there. Yeah. And Willow could tell it was there too. She was just going berserk. Yeah. And see, that's what they say is the dogs will go and find the bear and, start and bring them back to you and bring them back. So <laughs> apparently Willow wasn't yeah. all that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you would have seen a moose or a bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, you guys did some white water. We did a little bit. We, uh, very gingerly. Right. And so there was, uh, I've seen a couple of the videos. Yeah. So there was once where we, uh, 
there was no portage, so we figured it should be fine. But then we saw all these rocks, and then we thought, okay, we'll, we'll backpedal, and, and we'll try and get through this very carefully, and then maybe we'll hop out and walk some of it, because we had a cedar strip canoe, right? Yeah. So in the end, it was for that one, it was like, okay, well, the water's pushing us. We can't stop. It's too deep. You can't even stand in this water. We're going to have to go for it and, and trust the fact that there's no portage. We can make it through. Never hit a thing. And then... Was that in the top section around between um, Center and Helen? So that was upstream. So Center and Helen is upstream route. It yeah. was a downstream route that we paddled and it would have been near Cabin Falls. Okay, because the upstream part, mm-hmm. there's a part that there's no portage. The shoreline. Yes. All those boulders? Yes. That's the portage. Yes. And we, so yeah, we, uh, we lined that. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, the other one we did was, uh, I can't remember which falls it was, but we, uh, I think it was below Dead Man Falls or Fat Man Falls. So below that, we, uh, we ended up coming in. Mike posted video of that one too. Okay. So we did a quick scooch to the left and a quick scooch to the right. And it was just like, it was like, I was in like, oh my God, we're going to hit a rock. There is a set of rapids south of that. And then it comes around the corner and you're heading east again. Yeah. So there is a set of rapids just before the end of that. You come around into Willow again. So yeah, we, unfortunately it was like, it's one of those things. It's like, do you really want to do a portage? Yeah. Or do you want to risk it? And, and so if it, we were in a white water boat. It's easy to do if it's not your boat. I know, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, right? Let's run this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, also the problem is, is uh, the last thing you want to do is be way out there in the middle of nowhere and punch a hole through the canoe, right? Yeah. So it's like, so that that's one of the main reasons why we, plus it's a pretty boat, you know, it's, a, he keeps it up and he, you know, revarnishes it every year and. Yeah. We make fun of him every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, he had to get, he got a lot of comments from people. It's like, oh yeah, wow, that's a yeah, nice boat. Yeah. 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 No, that's the last thing you want is a nice big hole in the boat. Yeah. It could be a problem. I had, yeah. We both had duct tape on us. We could have taped up a hole or something, but it's like, do you really want to. <laughs> yeah. It'd be the last trip you went on with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say to me, he, so I never carried the canoe once. And at one point he said, uh, you know, do you know the one where it's really steep and you could fall off the edge of the cliff? Yeah. yeah. So he was saying, you know, he, I, we were, we were joking back and forth and, and he said something. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, he, he was saying, if I fell off the cliff and I broke his canoe, he'd be very upset with me. I said, so because I hurt your canoe or he says, yeah, because you might hurt my canoe. It's like, so you're not worried about me. Yeah, you can die. Just don't hurt my canoe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. These I'm pretty, are the people we call friends. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was joking. I think. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Um, now you took your bug shelter cause you weren't taking tents. So, yeah. So that was out of. It was a combination of things. Like we, he wanted to try sleeping in the bug tent and he also, he would, he would normally sleep in a a hammock. A hammock, yeah. But because Willow was with him, he didn't want to make her sleep under the hammock, Mm -hmm. exposed to bugs. Right. So if we slept in the bug tent, then there's no issue. There's, we're all shielded from the bugs and it worked out fantastic. 
it uh, so Willow was able to just we just put a tarp down on the ground to keep us away from the mud and the dirt, and uh, we slept under it. So I have a Nemo twelve by twelve bug shelter. So it's twelve by twelve. It's packed super small. It's super light, except for when it's wet. And uh, but yeah, it uh, it worked out really well. And I had used it for the first time when we did the Minus Link last year with. Uh, uh, so when when we dropped off Peter at Magnetoon, we lift, left all the tents behind and just took the bug shelter. Right. And we slept in the bug shelter for the rest of the trip. Now, see, I had contemplated doing something like that. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that gives me pause is rain. So we were prepared for that. And so if you angle it so so there's going to be two high points and two low points of the bug right. shelter. So if you put the low points into the wind and leave the high points facing at 90 degree angles to the wind, the wind, and then if you have wind and rain, you can drop the sides down even lower and then the wind won't drive the rain through the bug mesh, right? And that was, that was my plan. So it was, uh, wherever we were, we would just, I thought if it rains heavier, if there's a problem, we would just drop the two sides really close to the ground and then you won't have the driving rain coming through the mesh so it'd be more like a lean to exactly yeah sort of thing it would look more like one of the uh the old old uh boy scout tents where it's just a triangle a-frame tent right like the civil war tents and stuff like that right yeah yeah Yeah. Hmm. so because that's been that's always been my thing is like yeah it'll protect you from the bugs and they can sleep on the ground but what about the rain? What in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, the winds pick up and the yes. rain starts driving mm-hmm. sideways. Yeah. You're kind of SOL. So the only time we had a lot of rain was on uh, Hobart Lake uh, when we did the Maple, Maple Mountain part. And so we had, it was 50 or 60 millimeters rain. It came down heavy, super duper heavy. And with there, so we had to pull everything away from the walls of the tent because the rain was coming down in big drops. Right. And so it was splashing through. So if you're within two feet of the mesh, you could feel the sprinkle of, of splashing coming through the bug mesh. Right. But it was fine. We uh, slept in the center of the bug tent. And uh, so it was, it worked out really well. We didn't get wet. And uh, it, it, we were in pretty dense forest too. So there wasn't a lot of wind issues. Okay. Yeah. So, and other than that, the only, like, <laughs> the only area thing that kind of comes to mind is, uh, so Willow has a problem seeing, she knows the mesh is there. She can't tell the difference between mesh and no mesh. Right. So Mike would zip up the side, open the door for the dog to get through, and the dog would walk right into the mesh. Oh. It's like, no, dummy, the door's there. <laughs> so she got a little, uh, she got, she, she got a little bit weird about the, about the mesh. She knew something was there. She just couldn't tell. So once in a while you'd lift the wall for her to go underneath and she wouldn't go underneath. A couple times she did, but she, you'd lift it up and she'd go, what? I don't trust you. You're fooling guys. me. There's still a wall there, isn't yeah. there? So she would only go through the, most of the time she'd only go through the zippered part. And, but it was funny to see her open the door for her and she just bonk right into the mesh. <laughs> She's like, what's going on? You're tricking me again. <laughs> Tell us about steak night. Oh, that was the big rain night. <laughs> so it was, 
we had just got back from Maple Mountain. We set up as quick as possible because it was starting to rain. And uh, so we set up in the rain. And fortunately, we like uh, I surveyed the area. It's like, okay, this is a high point. And so when it rained heavily later on, you look out through the bug mesh and there's like a pool of water three inches deep next to us in what would look like a tent pad. Right. But we are on the adjacent tent-ish pad and we're high and dry. So it's like, oh, I'm glad we weren't 10 feet that way. Yeah. <laughs> but it came down so, the rain came down so heavy, it was ridiculous. And I look at my videos now of it, it's like, oh, wow, it's just coming down, hammering down and like giant, giant, giant raindrops, right? Anyways, but it was warm. So it wasn't right. a cold rain. But anyways, so that was steak night. I had these uh, giant, there was like almost two inches thick uh, um, uh, strip loins. And so I had, uh, I mixed up a bunch of, uh, you know, beans, potatoes, uh, you know, peppers and whatever. And that was cooking in a, in a tinfoil thing. And then we put the steak on the stove, on the, on the fire too. But the f- rain was coming down so hard that we were having trouble keeping the fire going. Mm-hmm. So Mike had brought a small umbrella just for the dog to keep the dog, it do- willows black. So he brought a small umbrella for in the canoe. Shade. Just for shade. Just because she can't easily jump into the water to cool off yeah. while we were paddling, right? So he used her umbrella. He stood, because the umbrella wasn't that big, he stood with the umbrella over the fire to keep the fire dry. Not so over him. Could, not over him. <laughs> he was soaking wet, but he kept the fire going because it was, uh, so the, the fire, the smoke kept coming up into the umbrella and smoke blowing into his face. He had to, <laughs> he, had to he was chased off a couple of times, but, uh. Like every time he ran off, you could see the fire visibly die down, right? Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> but he was he was just getting completely drenched and uh, holding an umbrella over the fire. Taking one for the team, Mikey. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> and that night too, was it that night? Yes. On that night, we saw the comet. Oh, you saw Neowise. Yeah, we saw Neowise. So that was pretty cool. I was I was wondering if we were going to be able to see it. But yeah, we he... Uh, we it was like I don't know ten o'clock eleven o'clock or something. He's like, hey, look! And so you could see it clearly in the sky. Cool. Yeah. So any, that was pretty neat. Any pictures of it? I should have t- tried to take a picture, but I didn't think my cell phone would yeah. would do it. Because I brought my cell phone for for just for taking pictures. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot of pictures and video, and uh, not like you can have coverage out there. But yeah, it was uh, it was uh, I I should have just tried to take the picture anyways, just for the heck of it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, lot. you never know. Yeah. They're not that great mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. So what was your favorite part of the trip? Favorite section of that north north side you guys went on on? So the falls route was challenging. I liked that part. Mm-hmm. It was challenging. It was one of the, some of the most challenging portages that I've been on. But I, I don't know if I can think of any part that was my favorite favorite you just enjoyed the whole thing yeah the whole trip was all different i mean you got the The, big lakes you got the mountains exactly everything had their own aspect their own perspective i did learn that uh like i my i can paddle all day long i'm a strong paddler i'm not a strong climber it so climbing up maple mountain kicked my ass 
Yeah. I was like huffing you and do, puffing. And... You do the mountains in the winter. I know. And I huff and I puff and <laughs> <laughs> my legs, my, my, my legs don't climb well. Your legs don't <laughs> climb well. I think it's the body on top of the legs that don't climb well. <laughs> yeah, it was challenging. It was the whole thing was good. It was uh, oh, and I got it. I got to test my uh, my satellite communication device. Mm-hmm. So my Zaleo. So that worked out really good. It uh, I, I, well, I it was the first time I got to use it. So I kind of maybe used it a little bit more than I should have. But uh, you know, I was keeping in contact with Siobhan, and so we were planning. She was. You know, hey, where, where do you have the bug tent? Yeah, I'm sleeping at the bug tent tonight <laughs> because she wanted to take the to kids take camping. camping. So she ended up getting borrowing a, a, a bug tent. But uh, yeah, so she's like, hey, I need this. Where's the backpack? Where's this thing? So I'm out in the middle of nowhere texting my wife. <laughs> Taking pictures of all the stuff she's asking for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but that thing worked out really well. It was... Uh, there's no tracking function, so people can't watch where you go, like with a spot device. Yeah. But uh, you can check in and you can message super easy. Like this thing was so, it was just like, well, it, the, the, it's set up just like you'd text somebody. Cool. And so you'd have a maximum of 190 characters. And uh, and so there's a little count on the side, just like on Twitter. Yeah, just yeah. think of it as a as a as a different version of Twitter. You cannot send pictures, you cannot receive pictures. No, it if somebody messages. sends you, if somebody sends you, so when I I was testing it from work, and my work sends a little blurb at the bottom about security, this, that, the other yeah. thing. So it would cut off half of that because there's too many characters, and so only a portion of the message would go through if it, if you write type too much out. But yeah, it worked out really well. It was yeah. Uh, I know. I was sitting here, and all of a sudden, my phone goes off. <laughs> oh, who's messaging? There's this phone number. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and you don't you don't have my. It's a so you can you can email the device, or you can. It has its own phone number. You can text the device. Yeah, yeah. Because I think you. Oh, you. I think you sent three words. Did you send the three words? Yes. What three words? Yeah. 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 I can't remember. I yeah. gotta look that up now. Um, that yeah. three words thing is handy, isn't it? Yeah. 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 A lot of people are like, I've gotten a few messages about that. Yeah. How cool that. It's so is. simple. You, you, it's really hard to go wrong. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. It's a really good system. Anyways. Yeah. I was, I said, where are you in Killarney? What three words type thing? Yeah. And yeah. 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 Cause yeah. we were in Killarney there and having a good time. Yeah. Did you stop in and see Jim and Tori Baird on the way out? No, I messaged Jim. And yep. uh, to see if he was around, but uh, he uh, he never got back to me. I think he was on his way north at that point, was he not? Back up to Superior. While we were traveling on the trip, so after we passed where he is, we, he had posted a YouTube video. So he was somewheres. I don't think he has good connection at his house. Yeah. So he, maybe he was in town somewhere uploading his video or whatever, but he had just posted the video while we were driving. He was like, oh, look. Jim, yeah, so Jim's around somewhere. He just posted a video. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. So you go up that way again, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I've been, I think I've been camping in Tamagami for just over 10 years now. And the majority of the trips have all been on the east side. A lot of them drive in. One was a fly-in trip. Uh, so if I was to go back, I want to I wanna spend some more time in the Solace Wildlands. Right. And uh, Lady Evelyn Smoothwater. I don't know. I would. I. I want to take the family back to Lady Evelyn, 
But with the risk of the high winds on the north arm of Lady Evelyn, it's like, eh, you could lose a day just being windbound, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was slightly windy when we went through. There was some chop, and you can see some white caps, but it wasn't so bad. We still powered through it. It wasn't that bad. I don't think a solo paddler would have been. So uh, Martin Gerster was was had hoped to join us. He couldn't make his vacation work out, but he was going to go solo. And I don't think he, there's a lot of areas that it would have been a problem for him solo. Yeah. Well, especially a lot of people that go solo in the pack boats and that do double blade. Yeah, yeah. He if he, he if he had brought a double blade of a, a kayak blade, it probably would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But a, just canoe paddling and that wins. Remember when we went up to QE two? Yes, all of us were solo, so we went with Camper Christina. Yeah, and we came back, and it was heavy winds, and it was like solo paddling with. I, I had to when I filled up my dry sack with water to mm-hmm. ballast out the nose. Well, I had of the my canoe. Osprey. You had your Osprey. Yeah, yeah, which was nice. And I had my red canoe and I had to ballast it. Did yeah. I have the red canoe? Yeah. Or did I have a loner? No, you had your red one. Did I? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I had to ballast it out because it was in the heavy winds and stuff. It just, yeah, at the end of the day there. It flips you around. And so, yeah, just thinking of that, I, I don't think Martin would have enjoyed the trip. He would have been constantly struggling. Well, not struggling. that section, yeah. Yeah, he would have been constantly struggling to keep up with us. Yeah. And the portages were crazy technical. So it's probably good that he didn't join us because it would have been, it would have changed the trip. It would have mm-hmm. been, would have been hard for him. Well, the, yeah, the, uh, when I did that whole waterfall section solo, yeah, you really have to stop and think what you're doing. Yes. Because you don't have that extra set of hands to haul stuff Exactly. Up. Like right? I say that there's that one that goes down in that little dip mm-hmm. and then you're up that yeah. rock face. Yeah. You know, I mean, with two people. Oh, I know what, when you're talking about now. Yeah, so yeah. I had to I had to help Mike get the canoe up over that rock face. Yeah, and Willow had a struggle to get up top too. Oh yeah, well so, like I say, I I yeah. lean the canoe up and then climb mm-hmm. up, yes. and then have to pull it up that section. Yeah, and then lean it up, climb up that, mm-hmm. and then pull it to the top section. Yeah, so that's yeah. I'm thinking about that. How how did Willow get up there? Yeah, it was a struggle. So he yeah. helped her. He helped her the first time, then he went up, took a look, and then came back because we were thinking of maybe camping there. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to move on. And uh, so Willow, by the end of it, Willow was up and down the rock face. But yeah. the first few times she was like slipping and nervous and whatever. But then yeah, she you got really got to watch yourself. Yeah. But she had her own pack on too. Yeah. So she had about 15 pounds of her own dog food on her back, right? So it was, uh, so it, it was... It was that that part there, yeah. When I, I was trying to remember what you're talking about, about uh, the dip and the whatever, but then it's like, oh, that. Yeah. Because I, when I first went up that, I, uh, I had fishing poles and paddles and a canoe pack, and I was like push putting the paddles down, climbing up a bit, picking up and moving them, and it's like I have to hold on to something. I yeah. have to fall off this. Well, cliff. like I say, now now you, because I mean you're looking at me when I was talking about this back mm-hmm. in the fall about this this yeah. route. Yeah, and you're like, and I know you're thinking like, oh, that sounds sounds difficult. Maybe he's making it more than yeah. <laughs> but then you're starting to think, well, he's doing this solo. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and I had my 16 foot prospect. Yeah. With me at the time and too. being solo, like actually being solo without anybody else there, there's an added concern that uh, if I slip and fall, if I break an ankle, I'm pooched. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would not do that trip solo with a dog though. No. 
because if your dog falls, yeah, then you're, you're carrying, by yourself and yeah, you're trying to you're carrying your dog. Yeah, yeah. We 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 thought about that too. We had uh, I had planned out in my head how we would build a a like some sort of harness to strap her to your back to carry mm-hmm. up some of these portages and stuff. So we we had in our head what we'd do if she did get hurt, but she did really well. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you go over when you start getting over difficult <laughs> things like that, your brain starts working. Yeah. A, okay, I got to watch this. I got to be careful exactly. of that. We got to yeah. walk over there. Stay away from over uh-huh. there. Yeah. You know, it goes through all of that. Exactly. And as soon as you let your guard down, like you get into a non-technical section, it's like, ooh, and you kind of look around, suddenly you're slipping on moss. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I got to keep paying attention all the time. All the, <laughs> yeah. When you're getting around those waterfalls and stuff like yeah. that, man, you're always, mm-hmm. always watching. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great area. Oh, I definitely a, want. It's I an think, amazing area. I think I will go through the Moat Landing site next time. Yes. Though. You know, it is nice gonna... there. It is, so when you go through the Moat Landing, you pass the dam. And it's a long channel up and it's like, it's just, everything is breathtaking, right? Mm-hmm. The whole area, like Lady Evelyn is a, is a really big lake. Yeah. So it takes some time to cross through it. There, it can be windy. So, but you could skirt the shore, add a couple hours to your trip if you, if you really had to type thing, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, uh, the whole area is breathtaking. It's a beautiful area. It's very rugged, but it's just, it's worth going to. Yeah. I can see why it happened, Andrea, with the... Oh, lunch yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, dude. Glad mm-hmm. you glad you enjoyed it. And yeah. Really hope Mikey enjoyed it as much as you did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We both had a, had a great time. Good. Yeah. The, fish, the fishing was good. The, the Everything was good. It was a good trip. Good when, trip. When's the next trip? Uh, well, we're planning right now. We're tentatively thinking of uh, everything's changed. Is the Burt Reynolds happening this year? That's what I'm talking about. So it, everything's changed. It's. Uh, it, depending on what happens in the fall again with school and so on, it's we we th- because there seems to be less interest by some of the people. We haven't heard from Scott in a while, and Martin doesn't seem too engaged for the the uh, Burt Reynolds uh, Memorial River Run. So we're thinking I'm going to get some people together. We're going to go and do the Des Moines again. Yeah. So we'll see. We get a better we, canoe. Yes. One that doesn't sink. Well, and so not a submarine canoe. We talked about that too. It's uh we want to take his his canyon on the Des Moines to see what the difference is because the one we had before it kind of wanted water inside it. And so when when you would slam into a into a wave the bow would just ship water right yeah. into the right into the bow person's lap, right? It's like what is wrong with this canoe? <laughs> Yeah, take a good wind down. I think yeah. you guys probably enjoy it a yeah, lot more. Yeah, so it'd be, uh, we're interested to try the uh, the canyon down that route. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I got a couple of people at work already asking me, hey, you going to do a whitewater trip? We want to go. So there's a few people that are interested. As long as the Burt Reynolds uh, River Run happens. Exactly. It doesn't matter who's on it. Exactly, yeah. We we always figured that if at least one original member was on the, on the route. Then it'd still be called. And after about five years, you don't really need original members anymore. So well, this has only been three. This we, will be three. This will be three. So we've yeah. done the Des Moines was the first Memorial River run. Spanish. Then the Spanish, and so this year we maybe the we were thinking about doing. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's on the uh, it's in Quebec on the uh, the Gaspé Peninsula. It starts with an A. Anyways, we we're thinking about doing that one. But it's, uh, with the way COVID goes, it's like, you're kind of nervous about crossing into yeah. other provinces. Yeah. So, eh, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. That's all you can do, man. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Yeah. Awesome. 
Uh, what else? You got anything else? No, 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 no. Really? Hopefully I covered everything off that, uh, all the high points and there was no low points. No. The only time the weather really, like it was, the, some of the days were so stinking hot. Yeah. But it wasn't too bad. We swam a lot. It was pretty good. Yeah. Spam a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, man. Well, glad to have you back. Yeah. It is yeah. good to be back. Missed you last week. No, you didn't. No, I know. <laughs> More beer for me. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Uh, check the episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio where you can listen and uh, download them, stream them, whatever you want to do. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends. Uh, I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.